You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. Welcome to Be Simply. This is a soul silence and sound segment and I am Suzanne Toro. I want to thank you for being here in this moment. We are going to dive into eyes open discernment. Uh, Last week we talked about owning it from the inside out, excavating and clearing your relationship to uh, the things that might be showing up in and around your personal world. And if we go from micro to macro, there will be more than likely some consistent themes for you. And one great tip-off point is where you feel uh, passionate to act as an activist and then serve and the places that you fear. So those three components really let you have some clear identifications of where your inner work is. Uh, Typically, when we're propelled to uh, fear, that's a direct indicator, but when we're propelled to a place of passion or service, there's also some inner work there because we have a sense that we will feel better if we help that cause. And no matter what your soul's relationship is to that cause, there is a relationship and there's some inner work to do there. So it's not to say to not be an activist or to serve. It's just to take heed to as to why you're serving, where you're serving, and what relationship it has with your soul essence. Then we're going to dive in from there to discernment. It's uh, sometimes we want the easy way more than not here in our on-demand culture that we want to serve, give, the easy way versus doing the due diligence. And that has been an overarching theme these past few years and really most all of your lifetime, no matter what age you are. Um, Having the correct information ensures that you are putting your efforts to something or to yourself in a manner that will benefit and benefit all beings. So if we examine a little further about what that means and why the word discernment is so important, because as we've been building on these talks and we talk about darkness, if we want that instant gratification, as mentioned, uh, the darkness does not look like, quote unquote, the devil that you see depicted in a horror film or maybe even in different places. It usually looks quite inviting and feels inviting and feels like, wow, uh, it's like an easy ride. And so uh, most people in the business world to the authentic uh, spiritual path or theological path will often understand this and maybe even speak to this, that there is no easy path, that it requires effort. And without effort, then more than likely you might be spinning in circles. 
and so if we look for discernment, you want to sit and think about uh, how can I discern what is. That's a very important thing that I say often here and with my clients and students is that if you don't know what is and you're just adopting an ideology or a soundbite, all that says to me is that the person hasn't done their due diligence. They haven't attempted to understand things from all sides. And basically that's what karma is, is once we understand it from all sides, huh, we're free of it. And guess what? We are certain that we don't necessarily want to participate in it again. And then based on our destiny, we will see if we have to engage with it again. But I guarantee if you've learned all sides of it, even by witnessing and observing it with a willingness to see from all sides, then you can approach that situation with that equanimity, that compassion, that love and understanding. Because that's the truth of the matter. Uh, when there's polarities, every side has a valid perspective. Yet until we understand all sides, then we can't truly forgive, see, understand, discern, and innovate. And that's the other exciting thing. And so right now on a global level, we're seeing some key indicators. If you're paying attention to all sides that indicate that one, we as the humans on planet earth have given way to some mechanisms that are so controlling that uh, are potentially about to break down and require us to innovate very rapidly. That's exciting. If one attaches too much to the control mechanisms that have been put into place, meaning that you can't be without it, can't be out without this, that, other relationships, all those things, then it will feel uh, very destabilizing. So there's a beautiful practice in Tibetan Buddhism. They'll create these beautiful sand mandalas and a series of monks will prepare this uh, a series, a group of monks will prepare these prayers and the mandala. And it's a very intricate work, very intricate work. And the precision that occurs in this ecosystem when this is happening is based on higher states of consciousness uh, and a state of being that's been accumulated. And then after this beautiful sand mandala is prepared, it's blown away. It's and a part of the reason for that is to uh, teach impermanence and teach non-grasping and to circulate all those beautiful prayers everywhere that have just been laid in that one spot. And so if we think about this moment here on planet Earth that we have this opportunity to uh, give way in a sense that allow that which no longer serves to completely erupt into chaos and then it'll reorganize. And when it reorganizes, this is such a beautiful moment because there's new opportunities. And so what you'll see on all sides of the fence, people are grasping and trying to like 
find solid ground and figure out how they're going to do this, that, or the other with the construct of the attachment to what was. We are in the what was moment here on planet Earth, irregardless of who's willing to admit that or not. And so from a spiritual practice, when we uh, let go, some of you might have heard that term, just let go, surrender. This is the ultimate surrender for a group of humans on planet Earth is collectively to surrender. And then at the same time, rather than going to fear, to go into innovation, to go into a place of creative imagination, solutions, immediate and future. And so why you have on a macro level, people jockeying for uh, something that they feel is a better structure. And this is on both sides of the fence. And then you have humanity that is actually responsible for everything that's generated. Each one of you, your frequency is equal to one another. Even two uh, talking heads, I like to call them. And yeah, there's some intelligent talking heads and then there's some not so intelligent talking heads. But that's okay. Every single one of the human beings on this planet, all beings, have the same energy output. And some are quite adept at being in forward motion, working, providing uh, in many ways. And others uh, are not so adept at that. And so in this moment where everything is becoming disrupted, there's this opportunity to continue to be in forward motion, to continue to innovate and create, and to deepen your relationship with your faith, your inner core values, your ethics. And so as long as each and every one of us continue to cling on to mechanisms that are not in the highest and best for humanity, and I'm not talking about Uh, quote-unquote countries, I'm talking about mechanisms that are used globally that are not in the highest and best interest of humanity. So each one of you in your local communities has the opportunity to innovate, to come up with solutions and figure it out. And I've seen this all around the planet in all different facets in some quote-unquote socialist countries, some third world countries, some capitalist countries. I've seen it everywhere. And so it can be applied. And the key, two key components that I welcome you to reflect on is your discernment within self and your core ethics. When you don't know all sides, and it's harder and harder to figure that out, but there's enough people that are aware from their perspective that if people come together and have a round table conversation, we could have all sides in one room. Get eight people with eight different perspectives, two that are extreme polar opposite. You can really examine what is and if everyone is educated enough and level-headed enough not to be emotive and throw names at one another, 
a lot could be learned in that round table. And that's what's going to be needed right now. This isn't a me against you or you against me moment. This is a time to sit down, have conversations and discern what is. Similar to what would be happening if you were investigating a crime scene. You bring people in, you start to assess what is, you investigate. And then from there, you start to innovate, being put the crime scene aside. But you are like, oh, here's this problem. And this is what is, this is what is not. And this is how we potentially can innovate or shore up our resources for something else. And so in this moment, the reason on a micro level why discernment is so important because it's really easy to get in a room that becomes what people have called an echo chamber. It's really easy to get involved with just like-minded people. Yeah, those sanghas, those communities are important because that's where you can like relax a little bit. You can be like, okay, we're all speaking the same language. I can relax. But then... There's still a whole society out there that has different perspectives, have has different ways of being. And this is that moment to embrace one another. Mother Nature shows us this. She shows us the importance of diversity, the value of diversity, the integral relationship nature has with us because we're part of it and the ecosystem around it. She also shows us that each element of nature is not the same and will not respond the same to uh, the same ingredients. And so with that knowledge, that can set everyone into a place of innovation within themselves. And so if we bring it to our spiritual practice, we start to understand the nuances within ourselves. We start to understand what ecosystems, if we take it from the base, the root, what ecosystems are the most sophic with our system. And ecosystems meaning outside ecosystems. Is it a uh, forest? Is it a river? Is it an ocean? Is it the desert? Whatever it might be, what ecosystem really resonates if you had to choose one with you? And then from there, that will give you a sense of the types of things that actually will probably harmonize with your biological body. So if that ecosystem is uh, somewhere in Greece, there are certain plants and foods and spices that grow in Greece. Right now, we're fortunate. We import and export a lot of things, and that, however, that might change rather rapidly. But you get a sense of what resonates with your system. And then you have to take into account, because let's say you said Greece, maybe you are Greek, maybe you were Greek, but you're not living in Greece right now. So then what other things do you need to support that type of ecosystem? And that aspect of yourself will start to give you a sense of what your foundational structure needs to be to ground you, to help you Uh, really feel anchored so that you can hear, so that you can listen, so that you can innovate. 
Then from there, it's to really understand your relationship with the water as it's represented in that ecosystem that feels like home, that feels like your bedrock. And so again, I'll use the example of Greece. You know, the Cycladic Islands are surrounded by the Aegean Sea. If that's your bedrock, maybe you can't be there, but maybe you're going to need to have a taste of it near and around you, even if it's a photograph or the music, or whatever it might be, the food, all those things. And then we're going to look at your higher states of being. What are the highest states of being that guide you, that align with your core ethics? What are those states of being that feed your soul? And that is going to be your spiritual practice, whether it's prayer to uh, Christ, whether it's your uh Islamic faith, whatever it may be, those highest expressions and gateways to the divine are going to anchor heaven and earth. So the ecosystem, that element of water, and your highest expression. There are diverse faiths all across this planet, and there's a reason for that. Some of it may not be... um, completely pure, but that's okay. What happens is the human species adapts with that and has a trust with it, and it brings them solace. So even if you look at an indigenous tribe where their relationship is nature, their their divine relationship is with the ecosystem that they have. They learn to interact with it in a way that it communicates with them. It assists them in the growing of their crops, all those things. If they don't do those prayers and have that time to commune with nature, this doesn't have to be theological, uh, then there starts to be uh, a dissipation. The heavens and the earth are not anchored. Heaven and earth aren't anchored from within. So these two things right now are crucial to anchor in that part of you. And so if you're far from your homeland, you can still anchor into it every single day. You can find a way, read books from there, uh, eat food from there, look at pictures from there, just visually connect to there. And then go to your practices. Those that are here uh, are feeling aligned with the way I present. So this is that spiritual place for you. When you go into meditation, then you have some sound. You're anchoring in heaven and earth in this moment with me. And so then during your week, you want to continue with your practices. You want to continue feeding these aspects of yourself so that you remain in balance. And then from there, you shore up those two things, heaven and earth, and then you start to have discernment with your heart and gut. You start to feel the way that you are to flow through the world. And then you start to feel with your heart and your inner core ethics between the fire and the trees and the air. You start to feel between the two and you stay in alignment. And that that flows you through your day-to-day existence and assists you with your discernment. And you'll feel pretty quickly when those are out of alignment. Why do you think so many people have gut issues? It's not truly because of the crops. It's because heaven and earth aren't anchored and they're not listening. They weren't listening to their heart 
their stomach and actually their liver. Their liver has a brain too. No one talks about that. That'll be a few future food segment. So within this aspect of our torso, we have a lot of information being fed into our system, to our electromagnetic system, to our emotional system, to our digestive system, to our circulation, all these, these aspects of ourself. And when the two are tethered, it's easier to stay in alignment. For example, if you're really devout to your Christianity and you know that for you, uh, living in the Pyrenees in France is like your, your grounding place and going to a beautiful cathedral on Sunday is your grounding place. If those two things are met, no matter how you have to meet them, you will stay in alignment because you're feeding both mechanisms. And then the center torso just opens up and starts to communicate to us and tells us what's needed. And as soon as we're out of alignment with our ethics, the stomach gets wild. The liver backs up. The heart becomes over-emotive or completely shuts down. And so... What I ask of each and every one of you as we've been building on, like clearing out the darkness, excavating, creating space so that we can be in our highest and that we can innovate for our fellow humans here on planet Earth. I'm asking you today to take a little extra time and really own where your grounding place is. Even if you're not there, that's okay. It'll feel you. And really own your spiritual practice, whatever it is. And if you need some assistance, I work with all faiths. I work with people that have no faith, meaning a theological or a scientific-based faith, which is like a Buddhism or yogic system. Those are both science and spirit melded together. But I work with all people with different points of view. Feel free to email me. I can make some suggestions on how you can honor your way of being in the world. Everyone's welcome. We can't, in my mind, segregate ourselves. We're, we're an ecosystem dancing together on this beautiful planet. So once you decide those two things, then what will happen is I will then want you to really reconnect to your inner core ethics. Remember, I always recommend three that builds a nice strong structure of practice. Sometimes we can forget about those because uh, usually one or two of them is a jagged edge for the person. That's why we're attracted to it. And so sometimes we put it away. We, we don't want to address it. So we pacify it with other things, but really own what those are. And then from there, you'll start to own what's being communicated in your emotional body. You'll start to do some healing and transformation. And the two bookends, your heaven and your earth are there. They're the constants. The ground that's underneath you, feel the, the earth kiss your feet and like give you that energy that is given to you every single day. And then from the heavens above, the same energy is given to you every single day. It's so glorious. And then when we anchor those, then we have this rhythm, this beautiful rhythm that's guided through our solar plexus and we can stay in body. We can move with the rhythm of the sun and the moon. And we feel the excitement of each day. 
rising up within us. We start to look forward to different aspects of the day because there's sweet spots for us in there. There's our times to be in action. There's times to be in repose. There's times of nourishment. And so there's always something flowing through us and around us. So if you take that time this week, that will give you some clues as to how to really integrate those passions, that service into how you examine what is and how you welcome in having discernment for your way of being here in this moment. And to remember that if you're here meditating with me, that I'm welcoming you to be in union with yourself. When we are in union with ourself, we are at peace, we are content, and therefore we can be in harmony with the world around us. We can coexist, we can dance with one another, and the darkness continues to fade away. So I welcome you to come up into an upright seated position, or you can be in Shavasana to meditate. Upright seated will uh, serve you in the long run to show yourself that respect to sit upright and feel what is coming out of the body. Typically, uh, things will shout at you. Uh, that's a somatic response. It's wanting out of the body. Just use the breath to breathe in. If you're really needing to be held in, in Shavasana, aka corpse pose, that's fine too. Uh, but stay alert, conscious, awake. So I welcome you to take a nice, gentle breath up into your heart center. And then exhale out. Again, inhale. And exhale. Another one, inhale. And exhale. And then continue to breathe in and out.
Simply, if you're still in an upright seated position, just bring yourself back into a reclined position if you're on a chair or a sofa, or if you're on your mat, recline back into Shavasana. And as you come to the earth, the floor, or the bed, Just gently welcome your body to stay present, to soften, and to continue to dive into your inner landscape. Simply observe that breath, closing the eyes, and enjoying being here.
Mm-hmm. 
Taking a soft, gentle breath into your heart center, gently breathing in and out. Again, inhale and exhale. One more inhale and exhale. Good. As you continue to breathe in and out, just welcome you to connect to your heart center and just express a little gratitude for all aspects of self. And then gently breathing in and out. Again, inhale and exhale. And then gently from there welcoming you to just take a moment to be with self and if inspired sending some love and compassion out beyond here to a person people and or place that you feel it's needed and would be welcomed and then from there i uh, would gently welcome you to just examine a little deeper, you know, what's rising up within you, where are the fears, where are you passionate to serve, where are your unique gifts, and then looking at those bookends, where's your earth, where's your heaven, are you feeding them, and then coming into your center, your fire, your heart, your rhythm, your core ethics. And as you align these three ecosystems, really it's like your torso, your head, and your feet. As you align these three ecosystems, uh, you'll be ready to innovate. You'll be ready to serve with clarity and certainty. And you'll be primed to deepen your practice here and with other aspects of your way of being in the world. So until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply. Sing, sing, song, song Tell me what you've done I won't keep guessing So you better start confessing Your love, your lies, your truth